dress with the tights underneath I got the breath of a last cigarette on my teeth And she's an actress, actress. But she ain't got no need She's got money from her parents in a trust fund back east Great, great stuff 303, you remember those guys, right? White rappers not really rap. I don't know what to call it. Scene kids. Really fun stuff. Really fun. Great music. I listened to a little of that today. Cobra Starship. All of that music of the late aughts, 2009, 10, 11. You know, back when pop culture was still fun and not so fucking whiny. Uh, stop complaining, please. Just live your life. You know, there's two kinds of people in the world. The kind of people that want to be left alone and then the people who won't leave them alone. You can probably guess which one I am. Yeah, that's right. Leave me the fuck alone. So this is Zach Herbert, Idea Addict, episode 28. We're rounding. We're almost to 30. Uh, I need to pick up the pace a little bit because I realized today that I haven't done one of these in exactly 29 days. Really sad. Letting you down out there. I don't want to let you down. Not in this time of need. This time of great... Uh, fear just so much going on there, there's rumors there might be riots in omaha tonight <laughs> you know it's time for the cops to just go out and tune up some of these rioters in my opinion it's it's getting ridiculous because yeah, now it's like well they're like oh we'll protest any any place anytime is what some girl said online the question is what are you protesting uh, for those of you who don't know what happened Look, I'm not going to go way into it. This isn't a political thing. This isn't a political like podcast, but it's getting on my nerves. And I know last episode I said like, don't pay attention to the news. It's so in your face. There's news like on my phone. There's a news section on my phone that I can't remove. It's fucking irritating. It's so in your face. Uh, anyway, Zach Herger, idea addict, broadcasting live on tape. Across the Fruited Plain. My birthday's coming up, and you know what I'd like for my birthday? I'd like for you to share the show. Share it, respect it, cherish it. Sit down, gather around the old radio, and <laughs> listen to Zach or Good Idea Addict. Yeah, I'm a little rusty. Uh, haven't done it in 29 days. Do I still have it? I think I still got it. I think I still got it in spades. But we'll, I guess we'll find out. If this one shits the bed, I might have to shut the whole thing down. No, I, I like doing it too much. It helps me collect my thoughts, I think. Uh, something. I don't know. Uh, it's therapeutic. You know, I come down to this room to record, and it's freezing down here, and by the time I walk out, I'm, like, covered in sweat. Super healthy. Too healthy. Um, so speaking of being healthy, I just, I, I went on a diet. I'm too fat. It's getting ridiculous. I'm getting really fat. Uh, I can't look at pictures of myself anymore. It's just morbidly obese. So I found this diet in Omaha where you go to a doctor. Uh, you go to a doctor. He gives you these pills that don't make you hungry, and you just starve yourself into shape. It's phenomenal. I've been on it a week. I lost 12 pounds. It's probably meth, but whatever. Whatever works. As long as I can get to my goal weight. Here's, like, my problem was I stopped chewing chewing tobacco, and, like, the next day I weighed 20 pounds more. That ain't good. I also like to eat hor horrible food, you know. Uh, I like to eat, smash an entire pizza, and then like half a thing of ice cream at night. That <laughs> makes me feel good. Anyway, so I'm on the diet. I'm, I'm very dedicated, you know. I'm, I'm eating a, 
about a handful of grapes a day. So I'm feeling good. The drugs were really helping. Uh, and I was like thinking back to like, I was like, well, you know, when was I like the best shape? Like, what was I doing? And I was like, when I was in the best shape of my life, you know, I was in college. I was working at U-Haul. Uh, so I was gainfully employed. It was the summer. And I was uh, working out twice a day. I mean, that's, <laughs> anyone can do that, right? And then I was like, well, all I was doing was cortisol blockers after I did a cycle of trend. <laughs> all I was doing was steroids and I looked great. Yeah, that's how it works. <laughs> that's all I was doing with steroids. Anyway, I looked good, real good. Um, so two weeks ago, uh, one of my friends was coming into town. He lives in Oklahoma. Great guy, great family. Coming into town from Oklahoma, it was his birthday. So he was going to, him and his wife and his new son were going to come over. We're going to introduce the babies and all that. And it was like right when we were like wrapping, our flip was sold, but it wasn't closed yet. So we were still like wrapping up some last minute items. So then like my friend and his wife and kid were coming and our house, we live in a house that is, uh, it's a fixer upper and it's not all the way fixed up. So <laughs> we were like, oh fuck. Transport all the tools from the flip to our house so we can quickly finish the basement. Sad. Uh, and then also extensive cleaning. Uh, we had to get all the tools out because we have tools just laying everywhere. You know, there's just a nail gun laying in our dining room. It's like, you know, our son's going to be able to crawl pretty soon. It's probably not a good idea to have a nail gun laying around. So we were like cleaning, you know, touching up paint, uh, putting on window, co switching window coverings. And then my wife's like, we need a new couch. And I was like, oh, Oh, whatever. Like we've talked about the couch on and off. We do. We did need a new couch because the couches that my wife had in the living room were like uh, designer, like high fashion, whatever. And they're like brutally uncomfortable to sit in. So I was like, yeah, I'm like on board with the new couch thing, but you know, I don't want to like spend any money. Um, so that that's your criteria. We can't really cost anything. I was like, it has to cost like, like, under 1500 and that is even pushing it. You know, can we find something on like Craigslist or Facebook? So she was like going to go look at couches and she's like, you want to like go with me? And I had like stuff to do. And I was like, not really. Like when you pick out the winners, just give me a call and, and I'll come down and whatever. I don't really care that much. So she picked a winner out. I like went down there and, uh, there's a couch shortage because of COVID-19. A fucking couch shortage. Are you kidding me? So they were like, well, the couch, you can order it today and it'll be here in January. In January? Get, f oh. okay. Uh, can you just clear the workers out of the plant that makes the couches, the ones that have died of COVID-19, take them off the sewing machine and replace them, please? That's unacceptable. Four months to make a couch? So that was in a breast French mark. We're like, fuck this. Dude. No. So we walked over. She was over at the, she went over to the bees, Mrs. Bees, which is like the overflow of Nebraska French mark, the stuff that doesn't sell for one reason or another. So she went over there and she like found one. So I went down there to take a look at it. We were sitting on it. She was getting ready to order it. The baby shit himself. He was freaking out. So I just, I took him home. Got home. She came home and she was like, well, the good news is uh, it cost under our budget. 
um, which is good. The other thing is it's available now, so we can like uh, pick it up like tomorrow or the next day or next week. And I'm like, no, let's go fucking pick it up now. Like, I want to be done with this. And it was a sectional, so I was like, you know, that's like no problem. Like, we can put it in my truck, even though I, I drive like a little kid's truck now that has a little tiny bed. Uh, a little five-foot bed. Pathetic. Anyway, so we drive down there. I'm in high spirits. Uh, we drive down there to this. They have a massive, like, loading area. You pull in underneath part of the building and... These little, little warehouse like guys like bring the stuff out and load it into your vehicle for you. So it's like a pretty good setup. And then you just drive home and unload it. And me and my wife, my wife is about several, tons. She's buying like couch. She's buying uh, furniture and like stuff all the time. So it's like I'm like highly skilled at like moving furniture. I move furniture into my house all the time. So I was like, this is not a big deal. Like, let's just go get it. We'll do it tonight. It'll be done. We can all move on with our lives. We're going to be happier. So great. We go down there. They bring it out. It's like three pieces, three gigantic pieces. And I, uh, I was like, I thought this was like two just sections, you know, like two legs of the L. Oh, no. Three gigantic pieces. So... The guys, like, get in the back of my truck. They start, like, work working on it. And I was like, that that looks like too much stuff. Like, I was like, I'm going to get out and see if we, if it's possible. Is it even possible for them to load it up? If not, we can just come back because we only live, like, you know, 10 blocks away. So I get my mask in. Got to wear a fucking mask outside to talk to the guys loading your truck up. So I get my mask in, and I was like, hey, guys, is this, like, even possible? I mean, and they're like, <laughs> Yeah, no problem. We do this every day. It's it's fine. So I'm like, all right, okay. I get back in my truck. Fifteen minutes later, they're still like trying to figure shit out. So I get my mask on again. I get out and I'm like, is it? You know, if if this isn't, is it, are you gonna like be able to do this? Because I can like come back and they're like, <laughs> we're just like just wrapping it up, dude. Like we're basically done. So ten minutes later, they're basically they're done. Ten minutes later, supposedly. So I'm like, okay, you know, sign off the paperwork. I don't even get out to look at it because I'm like, let's just get this shit show on the road. Because now we're on the clock. Because we've been there so long, it's like approaching the baby's bedtime. Which if the baby goes one minute past, it's time to go to bed. It's hell on earth. So I'm like, that's fine. Okay, let's just go. So we're we're like driving (laughs) and people are like taking pictures and photo, like videoing us driving. So... That's not a great sign. So I like juggling my wife about that. And then we see this woman driving, this little, uh, like, directly from Africa black girl. Um, it was like, is this like the first time she's ever driven? Because she was like uh, so close to her steering wheel. Her braided hair was like, her face was basically touching the wheel. So we were like laughing about that and joking about that. And then we like get home and I back my truck up and I get out and I look at the bed of my truck and I stop laughing because it's two gigantic pieces parallel to the bed of my truck. And then the other piece is like shooting straight up into the air. And I'm like, oh, fuck, this isn't good. So I was like, okay, here's what we're going to do. Like, go in, we're going to go inside. We're going to move the stuff out of the family room into the uh, living room. We have t- two different rooms. I guess one's more formal. 
get one, put it that stuff into the other stuff. So we get that done. And then it's like, we have 10 minutes to unload 10 minutes to be done until the baby has a, till it's baby meltdown time. So I'm getting like a little nervous. Cause I was like, is the doorway big enough? Do I have to take doors off? Do I have to, you know, I'm like kind of freaking out. So I get a tape measure, but I go out there. I got scissors to cut all the cords to get, you know, to start unpacking the stuff. I'm like starting to measure and some like beater ass little car Dodge caliber or something that has like obviously been in a crash recently. Lots of body damage gets up, stops. Um, this guy gets out. He's like also directly from Africa. It's like, are you the dad of that girl who couldn't, didn't know how to drive? And he's like, uh, one of those guys, it's like, oh, why are you gay? You know, like really thick accent. And uh, he's like, comes walking up the driveway. He's got two masks on, like all this gear. And I'm like, hey, pal, I really appreciate it. I appreciate what you're trying to do here. I'm not interested in anything you're selling. I'm good with my religion. I, I don't want to hear about a new religion. And he's like, oh, no, no, I'm not just selling anything. And it's like, turns out he's with the fucking census because we didn't do our census. I'm like, dude, I don't have, can you come back? I do not have time for this. And he's like, oh, no, I can't come back. And I'm like, there's two of us here, two and a half. We have a new baby counted, move on, get the fuck off my property. I don't, I don't like the government. I don't like you just move the fuck on. And he's like, oh no, we have to go through all these questionnaires. I'm like, no, dude, we don't have to go through a questionnaire. And he's like, oh yeah, yeah. So he's like, ask me all those fucking bullshit questions. Like, uh, are you a man or a woman? Are you gay or straight? Like all this crazy shit. What's your like country of origin? I was like, dude, I'm from Egypt. Obviously, if you knew anything, look at my skin. It's totally golden tan. My dad's from Cairo. My mom's from Alexandria. Do your research, dude. Okay, we're counted. Bye. So that goes on. He actually did do pretty quick. Obviously, he's used to people yelling in his face all day. Cause that's his job. So he crunches the crunches me, you know, counts me and like moves on. So now I'm like really panicked. Uh, things are going downhill quickly. So I get the first two pieces in no prob. And then the third piece gets wedged in our fucking entryway. And at that point I'm like, this is just the way we're going to live now. This is just the entryway from now on. Sorry, babe. Uh, my friends are just going to have to crawl over the couch to get in. So Eventually we had to get it sorted out, but it was quite the fucking ordeal. The fuck? And then the next morning I'm like driving up to the flip to like do two little things. And there's some woman staring in the windows. I'm like, who the fuck is this now? So I don't turn into the driveway. I just keep driving. It's a fucking census worker peeking in the windows. Are you kidding me? Is it that important? I, God. Anyway, that was real weird. Um, there has to be more efficient ways to count everyone than physically sending people out. What's the difference? Anyway, so on a positive note, getting the junk removal business going, having a lot of fun, getting into lots of weird situations. I got one lined up for my birthday, <laughs> Wednesday. Now, this is a real good deal. I'm picking a couch up from some woman on like 160th and Dodge. I'm picking it up from for 125 bucks. It's on the main level. Me and my cousin are going to walk out the front door with it, throw it in a trailer. And then I'm driving it to East Omaha downtown. And I'm dropping it off in a guy's driveway. 
I'm selling it to him for 120 bucks. The whole ordeal is probably going to take me two hours. I'm going to make uh, 245 bucks cash in hand. <laughs> oh, yeah. Real exciting, real easy. I'm sure we're going to get into some weird stuff. The lady selling the couch seems like... Uh, she's going to be interesting, I think. Uh, <laughs> buckle your seatbelt. So I'm getting the trash out thing going. A couple weeks ago, I'm like... Uh, not doing these often enough. A couple of weeks ago, there was like this badass like power stroke for sale, like an F two fifty, bright yellow. Loved it. Had all these updates to it. It was totally awesome. I was gonna buy it because I was like, this is like a perfect rolling billboard for this business. You know, I can like do like a, I'm gonna call it paradise junk removal. I'm gonna have like a palm tree logo and some, just you got to go over the top with it. You got to just be. It's got to be cheesy as hell so people remember you. I'm not looking to spend millions of dollars on advertising here. I was like, that's like perfect. That would be like the perfect rolling billboard. Uh, it got sold out from under me, really sad. But it was like, that's like a perfect rolling billboard. You know, if a riot crops up and you have to like do what you have to do, that'd be like the perfect vehicle. So like do, setting all the stuff up, going, doing this like little junk removal on the side, you know, kind of get, getting back in the swing of things. It's like, I'm reminded of a lot you know, it's like stirring up old memories of the trash out business I used to have, my property preservation business. And if you're new to the show, if you haven't heard of that, about the property preservation business, basically what it is, is uh, banks and other things like that during all the foreclosures, they needed to hire people to like maintain these properties um, from the time that the people moved out or were evicted up into the time they sold. So the banks would hire these like large contracting businesses, like these prime, they're called prime contractors. So one of the biggest ones is called Safeguard, or I don't even know if it's around anymore. But the, so they do like mortgage field service, property preservation. They also do like, um, they were like like the, the main co government contractor for like Katrina. So they had like all the government contracts to like rebuild everything and like uh, get the city like back online. But they like don't, they don't actually do anything. They subcontract all that stuff out. So they hire people like me to go to these houses, um, secure them, make sure that the windows aren't smashed out, board them up if they are, mow the grass, make sure that there isn't graffiti, make sure there's not people squatting, you know, make sure the pipes don't freeze, make sure the property isn't, you know, become damaged or whatever. And then once the people are actually foreclosed on, uh, then we would like clean all the stuff out, get it ready for like sale. So I think I probably did. So obviously like the main moneymaker was like doing the trash out, removing all the debris from the house. And it could be like garbage. It could be personal items, all kinds of stuff. And I think probably I did it for five years. I probably did. Uh, I don't even know how many trash outs I did. Probably like three to 400. But there's like a couple that like really stick out on my mind that I'm probably always going to remember. And I definitely want to like uh, share these, <laughs> share these gems with you. So obviously, whenever I'm like talking about like doing this, people are always like, well, what's like the most, there's two like main things. And it's like, what's the most trash you've ever seen in a house or the most stuff? And the other one is like, what's the nastiest house you've ever been in? So the most stuff. It's like kind of a toss up. I think the most stuff that I ever actually like physically saw 
was there was a house that was up on uh, almost to Florence in North Omaha on North. It was on, I think, North 31st Street, kind of across from Miller Park behind like an old church, a big Catholic church up there. And that was like the second or third trash that I ever did. And somehow I conned my friend John into helping me. I think he was like about to go into the like basic training or, or he just got back from the Air Force. I don't like really remember. He's between jobs maybe. I conned him into like helping me. And that place had like a lot of a lot of stuff in it. That pro- place probably had 80 cubic yards of stuff. So when you're doing a trash out or anything like that, you measure everything in cubic yards. One cubic yard is three feet by three feet by three feet or approximately the size of a, a clothes dryer, like a standard clothes dryer. So this this thing, I think I got two 40-yard dumpsters and a 20-yard dumpster. So it was like just shy, I think, of like 100 cubic yards of stuff. Um, I think. Now, I'm saying I think because like that was the second one I did. So I'm not exactly sure if we like did it correctly. Um, and then the other ones I did after that, once I like wised up, cause like 40 yard dumpsters cost like five or $600. So once I like wised up and I started doing other houses that had tons of stuff, I would get like a U-Haul truck and then like fill the entire back of the U-Haul. Um, and then just take it to the dump. So I didn't exactly always know how many like cubic yards I was like removing because then I was getting charged. Uh, then I was just charging like the max that I could get from the banks. And I wasn't keeping track of how many cubic yards because I was paying per ton at the dump. So it was a little bit different, but I think that the house on North 31st was one of the worst because the people, uh, the people didn't actually get like foreclosed on the, the two people passed away that live there. It was an elderly couple. And they were like hoarders. So every room was like totally full of stuff, full of furniture, full of clothes, full of like newspapers, full of mail. A lot of people that hoard, like they collect all of their mail over like decades. So there's tons and tons of mail. So it's a pain in the ass because you have to like shovel that stuff up with like snow shovels uh, into like trash cans or bags and carry it out. So it takes a long time. And this house was like a three-bedroom, two-bath ranch with like a walkout basement that was finished, and every room was totally full. It took me and John and my sister, she kind of helped us out once we got it like degrossed. It was also full of like food. Uh, the pantry, the cupboards, the fridge, everything was totally full. The people, I don't know if they, I'm not exactly sure what happened to them. The neighbors in that area weren't exactly like coming to like greet us or chat with us. Um so I'm not exactly sure what happened to the people, but there was like, you know, food out and everything. And there had been like mice and shit in there. So once I kind of degrossed it, my sister helped us, but it took me and John and my sister like six days to do the whole thing. And I think like at the end, since I was like brand new to it, I like didn't really make any money. I think I made like, I don't know, six or 700 bucks. So that was one of the, that was probably the most that I've ever like done. I bought a flip like six months ago in Benson it wasn't a foreclosure. The person that I bought, the, the lady that sold it, well, the family of the lady that sold it, the lady that lived there had some sort of dementia and she was hoarding like really bad and it was totally full. That was probably like 60 or 70 cubic yards uh, of debris. I didn't do it. I hired it out by these guys who, by the way, like didn't do it very good. I mean, they 
sucked at it. I don't get it. It's like, take all the stuff and get it the fuck out. You know, they have less stuff in drawers and it was a bad deal. I didn't want to like do it though. Uh, because there had been lots of mice in that house, tons. So I want to be like tracking, like there was my, there was shit on everything. Mouth shit. There had also been, I think cockroaches in there. There's cockroach tracks. So I don't want to like deal with that one with a brand new baby at home. Now, another insane one I went to, this was probably like, I was probably two years into like doing this and some agent called me and he's like, Hey, I'm like getting a listing in North Omaha. And like, I heard you're like the guy to like talk to for like getting trashing out houses. And I'm like, yeah, I'm the fucking guy. You got the right guy, pal. Next smoking a cigar in my office, which at the time my office was like uh, my bedroom at my parents' house in the basement. I was like 26, real sad. Um, yeah, I'm like, yeah, I can like take a look at it. And he's like, yeah, I'll like meet you out there and you can like walk through it. So it actually was in a really horrible part of town, uh, way up on uh, like North JFK, which is north of downtown, like way up in this like a really weird little neighborhood on the east side of the interstate. Uh, there was probably like a pretty like really nice like blue collar area at some point. Now it's not. It's just a fucking war zone. And this house was, I don't know what the situation was, but I like went in. The house wasn't very big, but there was tons of stuff. I mean, I could walk into the house. I could walk back to the kitchen. Uh, it was a two-story, really old house. You could walk like back to the kitchen because there was a path there. Um, in the living room, dining room, kitchen, sh- there was stuff stacked up to the ceiling uh, around the perimeters, perimeters of the room. The middles of the room, there was still st- stuff stacked up, but not all the way to the ceiling. I went upstairs. I could get in the halls. I couldn't get in the bedroom. Some of them were like kind of cracked open or I could see in. One bedroom on the back, uh, there was so much stuff in front of the door and the back of the door. I like climbed up on top of the stuff and I was just able, there was maybe like two feet of the door that I could like peek through and <clears throat> peek through like that back bedroom is totally full, almost up to the ceiling. So that was like a pretty crazy one. The other thing that was weird about that house is there was a bunch of mannequins in there in the, uh, Oh, I just remembered another fucking weird story. Okay. So there was like mannequins, uh, in one of those like rooms and like a bunch of jewelry. It like must've been like a woman's room. So like the, the manic, it was really weird. So that was like a really weird one. But speaking of mannequins, so one time I went into this house and the bank wanted to bid for me to like do, I also did mold remediation and this house was totally covered in mold. The pipes had burst in the walls and it had gone. No one had been in there for a long time. So the entire house was like full of mold. So the power was off. It was still full of stuff. It was not like a bad neighborhood, but not like a great neighborhood at the time. The neighborhood is actually decent now. I actually lived in that neighborhood, but it was like pretty weird. Um, and then the other thing is like that house wasn't, they, the bank hadn't actually foreclosed on the people. Uh, so it was in like limbo, like zombie status. No one lived there, obviously. But like I couldn't use the front door. You had to use like a back door with a key on, you know. So it was kind of weird because it was like the, the borrowers could like come at any moment. So I had to go in there and like take some measurements for like this mold remediation. So I get my mask on, which that is actually a time you should be wearing a mask because when you're in a house that's all the walls are black with mold. So I get in there, there's no power on, you know, it's like not 
dark out yet, but it's like dusk because I'm trying to like fit this into the end of my day because it's only like a mile away from my house. So I'm like walking in this house and I'm, I, I go in through the back door of the basement and then I like go upstairs and I'm walking through like the living room and like kitchen and like down the hall, I like look and you can see down the hall into like a bedroom and you can see into the bedroom and there's a mirror on the wall and the mirror's casting a reflection of a bed and there's a hand on the bed. And I'm like, what the fuck is that? I was like, hello? You know, like, is that somebody? Is there somebody back there? So um, one thing I always say is like, uh, announce like who I was. And then I was like, um, I have like a dog with me. Like I have a guard dog. I would like come up with something on the fly. You got to, you got to use your brain. Um, so the hand wasn't moving and I was like, that's like, what the fuck? So I start like creeping back there, you know, it's like a small petite hand, but it's like, who knows what's going on? Um, so I'm like walking back there and like, as I get closer, it's more of the hand is like getting revealed as I get closer to the door and closer to the mirror. And then the hand ends. It's a fucking mannequin's hand scared the shit out of me. I was like, you gotta be fucking kidding me. So I picked it up and like took it with me because I was like, I don't want to like send someone that works for me out here and they like have a freak out about that. I had another situation like that where I got really freaked out. I was going up to the door of a house that I, I needed to like try. I needed to do a whole bunch of stuff too. I got up to the door and it's like a raised ranch. So you come up these like stairs on the outside and you come to the front door and you open the glass and then there's like a numeric lockbox where you like get the key out. And as you're coming to it, there's a little like a uh, window on the front of the door. And as you're like coming to up to the door, you don't like, you can't really see in the house because uh, the view that you have through that glass until you're up head on close to the, the door it's just like the, the inside of the house, like the, the door of like the uh, closet adjacent to the front door. So you don't see anything. So I open the storm door. I get like basically in the door to start like putting the code in. And as I like square up to the door, I look inside and there's a silhouette of a person. So I'm like, oh shit, you know, because they definitely see me. And then like my eyes adjust to what I'm looking at. And it's like a cutout, like, poster thing of, like, John Wayne with a rifle. <laughs> that scared the shit out of me, though. And and the other thing is it's like uh, uh, <clears throat> me and, like, some other companies were working on that house. So I would, like, knock that thing down because I was like, I don't want to, like, be freaked out next time I come to the door. And then they would come and then they would, like, put it back up, like, somewhere else in the room. So <laughs> that's kind of fun, but... Anyway, back to the most stuff. So there was another house in Papillion uh, that I didn't ever go into. It was in like a pretty good neighborhood. I was mowing it. And then when I mowed it, you log into like a, a thing and like upload your invoice. And while you're uploading your invoice, you have like access to look at like other bids. So I saw like the bid for the trash out and it was like, I don't know, like five or six grand. And I was like, fuck, there must be tons of stuff in there. So you can like read the person's like bid in there. And it said like, uh, <laughs> you can get, it was like a split level house. They're like, you can get into the basement like a, a little ways. And then 
there's stuff up to the ceiling and you can't get in there. You physically can't get into the rooms of the basement. There's so much stuff. And then you can, you can get upstairs. I think you can get into the living room, but they were like the rest of like the upstairs. There's only like a couple feet, like two or three feet from the, where the stuff ends to where the ceilings at. So they were like, <laughs> the main level was like the movie being John Malkovich, where you're like, <laughs> the ceiling is like three feet away. I never went into that one, but that's, that's impressive. The other one that's like the most impressive is I was working for a company called five brothers, which is like, that's basically like the gold standard of property preservation companies to work for because they would actually like pay you. Cause a lot of these companies, like you would forget to do like one or two things. And when I, when I say forget to do, I mean like you'd forget, you have to like take pictures of everything you're doing. You might like forget like one picture of like a measurement you took of something and they wouldn't pay you for the whole job. So that gets tiring, but this company, Five Brothers would, and then they would also like get your stuff approved. So like they would say, can you give us a bid for this? And then like you and maybe one or two other people would go bid it, companies. And someone would actually like do it. Some of these other companies you'd be, so they'd be, you'd be like on wild goose chases doing bids and you never get any jobs. So this company called me, I'd already been doing like quite a bit of work for them in Omaha and like tons of work for them in Lincoln. And they were like, Hey, um, we'll pay you like a trip charge to go look at this house. Uh, it's in Sioux city outside of Sioux city. And they were like, we need like a fifth opinion on like the cost to do like a trash out. And I was like, really? And they're like, <clears throat> and they're like, yeah, we're getting like bids that say that there's over 200 cubic yards of stuff. And I was like, Oh my God. And they're like, yeah, it's people are saying between like 200 and 250. 200 or 250 cubic yards of stuff. That's a ton of stuff. So, I mean, think about it. That'd be 200 or 250 like dryers or washing machines. Um, and to put that in perspective, like once I like had like a crew, I would have like two guys do trash outs that were like 30 or, or I would say like 50 or 60. That would take them like two and a half to three days to complete so 200 yards or 250 yards, uh, if it was two guys, that would take like weeks, you know, a couple weeks. And then the other thing is like the logistics of that, because you'd have to have like a bunch of people, you'd have to like have a bunch of dumpsters or a bunch of trucks. It, it, it would be a nightmare that big. So I was like, yeah, I'll like definitely take a look at it because it's like really interesting. And I was like, what is it? Like, is it like a big house that's just totally packed? And they're like, it's a, a it's a farm. So they're like, it's a farmhouse that's totally packed. And they're like, it's a bunch of outbuildings and like machine shops that are totally packed and like totally packed with like farm stuff. <clears throat> so stuff that's expensive to move because it's heavy. Or like difficult, like you'd have to have special, like you might have to have like uh, cranes to get stuff on to trailers and shit like that. It's really insane. I never got a chance to look at it because I ended up selling my business before I went there. But so the other thing obviously is what's like the nastiest, most disgusting house you've ever been in? Well, <laughs> there is a couple disgusting houses I was in and there was a couple disgusting houses that were so bad. I sent other people. I didn't even go to them. So whenever I think about like the grossest house, uh, one like always sticks with me and I think it's on sunrise drive or sunrise Boulevard or something. It's kind of in South Omaha where South Omaha like meets Bellevue and 
it's like uh, two houses in from like the main street and it's at the bottom of a long, long hill that goes, the hill probably goes like a couple blocks. And then the, the street at the end of this block is the bottom of the hill. So this house is two houses in from the bottom of the hill. Now, if you don't know anything about buying houses or, or real estate, you don't buy the house at the very bottom of the hill, especially not if it's at the bottom of the hill of several blocks because water flows downhill and so does shit. So this house had had backed up sewage in the basement several times. Now, they wanted me to go in the basement, clean everything out, uh, all the stuff, and then remove all the drywall and any like bad studs because the basement was framed. That's fine. Now it was a uh, sewage that had like backed up and like obviously gray water and stuff. But the thing was like, it was January, February. So everything was like frozen. So it didn't smell and you weren't like getting it on you really. Cause all the shit, all the walls and stuff were frozen. So it really wasn't like that big of a deal. It didn't smell or anything there. It hadn't been wet down there in a long time. It was just moldy. So me and another guy were like, were doing that. It was completely miserable because you had to like take down these waterlogged walls uh, of drywall and then like bring them upstairs and out to the garage, outside to like a dumpster. <laughs> so it was really gross and there was no power there. And that's a common, there's never any power in any of these houses for the most part. So I had a generator outside running power to the inside. So it was a hassle. We were like cleaning this stuff out. We had to clean it, get rid of all the, like the personal property that was there. And the, in the basement, there was like a girl's room, like a teenage girl's room or something like that. You could tell by this stuff. Um, and there was a bed. So me and this other kid were like, grab the mattress to take the mattress out. We like lift the mattress up and under the mattress is like tons of this filthy porn magazines, like Hustler, you know, like a full penetration. So that was pretty fucked up. The other fucked up thing was, we were doing all this and me and him like came outside. He smoked. So we like went up, up outside for like a smoke break or whatever. And we were like standing there and there was like a school, a couple like um, up the street a little bit. And so there was like a lot of people like coming and going and like a truck pulls in the driveway and we're, we're both like, what the fuck? Is this guy just like think he's going to park here to pick his kids up? So eventually the guy gets out and he's like, hey, like I'm not trying to like hassle you guys or anything, but like uh, I'm the former owner and uh, I'm looking for my social security card have you guys seen a social security card inside? And I'm like, what? No, like, no, dude. And, and he's like, well, can I like come in and look at it? And I'm like, I don't care. Like what? So fucking weird. I'm like, get out of here, dude. So that was odd. Um, probably the literal grossest house. It was on 40th and Lake, which is like one of the worst areas of town. And this house is actually on Lake Street. So there's lots of traffic going by every day. Really bad neighborhood. People don't give a fuck. People knew this house was like vacant. So what they were doing is people would like back their pickups or whatever or vans. They would back up in the front yard and just like unload shit into the front yard. So there's a big pile of stuff in the front yard. Uh, it was like grass clippings, like limbs, like tires, anything the trash wouldn't like a part of a couch. So anything the trash wouldn't take, people up there were just dumping the yard of this house. So the bank was like, can you give me like a, give us a bid and like whatever. So I didn't want to like do the bid. They were like, give us a bid for the inside, the outside stuff. And like, while you're there, give us a bid for the inside. Clean the inside out. And I was like, I don't want to fucking go down there. And at the time I had this guy working for me. Um, and 
he was like, he fit into that neighborhood real well. Um, he was like part Filipino and like part Mexican or Filipino. I don't know what he was. He had like a neck tattoo. He fit in there. So I was like, why don't you go down there and check it out? No one's going to hassle you. So we went down there, checked out the stuff in the front yard. And then he was like, oh, then I went in the backyard and the people like next door are like working on junk cars in the backyard. And there's like a weight set and a bunch of people like working out in the backyard. <laughs> really weird. And then he's like, so then I go in and I'm, I get in like five or six feet and he's like, the floor is moving. And he's like, there's so many fleas. I went outside and I tucked my sweatpants, wore sweatpants every day. Great guy. He's like, I tucked my sweatpants into my socks to go back in the house. And he's like, it was disgusting. So he took a bunch of pictures, obviously, for the bid. So I, like, reviewed the pictures, and I was like, I'm not stepping foot in that motherfucker. Gross. Horribly gross. Horribly dangerous. Got approval to do the yard. I sent him. He did the yard. And then, um, like, two weeks later, they called me. The bank called me, and they're like, hey, can you, like, go give us a bid to clean that yard out? Because <laughs> the town folk, the neighbors were like, oh, the dump is empty. Let's fill it back up. So it was, like, filled back up to worse than it was at the beginning. So... That's what's it. So that was probably the grossest one. Another gross one was Five Brothers was like, hey, can you like uh, go? I don't remember exactly what it was, but part of it is I had to like bring heaters into like this house and dethaw the plumbing, which is a fucking pain in the ass. And it was in Beatrice, which Beatrice is like a nasty little town. I think it's south of Lincoln. It seems like it took forever to drive there. But we got there, it was me and uh, the kid that I had clean out that uh, uh, front yard. We'll call him uh, uh, Paul. So me and Paul get there, and it's like a fucking like trailer on block, like a trailer on a foundation, but the foundation's like caving in. So I like go inside, and it's like the floors are like really fun housey, which that happens to trailers if they're not taken care of. It gets really, really rolly. So then I like go in the basement. It has a full basement. So I'm like, this isn't good. So the basement walls are like basically crumbling. A couple of them are like at like 10 or 12 degree like uh, leaning in. And another one is like partially crumbled and it's leaning in like probably 20, 20 or 30 degrees. And you can see outside. And the place was horribly disgusting. Um, it felt structurally unsound. Then the other thing was there was tons of snakes in the basement. There was tons of like huge snake skin. So there's obviously like bull snakes down there. It was gross. Just disgusting. Because it was like a trailer. It was like around other like kind of trailer areas. So that wasn't good. The other thing, speaking of being creeped out, the other worst, the thing that I hated worst about doing this, that business, which is great about the, the junk removal. I'll never have to do this is I had to do occupancy checks. Um, so an occupancy check is, uh, so not all of these houses, like I said, the people hadn't been foreclosed on, on all these houses. But a lot of times what will happen is people will get like so far behind on their mortgage or whatever that they'll walk away and they'll say like, well, I'm just going to like, Walk away from the house, leave the keys inside, go get an apartment, just move on or whatever. Well, from the time someone stops making a payment till the time the bank can actually uh, foreclose on you, uh, 
can be up to, I think in Nebraska can be up to like 12 months if you don't do anything. Now you can stretch it out. You can try to stall it out and, and, and really drag it out. In California, I think you could go three years in some cases. And, and that would be like the one, that would be like a pretty short timeline. Uh, so it could be like expedite. Well, anyway, so it's about like a year for give or take. And, but the banks didn't have to, the banks didn't have to start foreclosing. And so some people I worked on, I, I was around some houses that I started like mowing in 2009 and they didn't ever like go up for sale until like 2015. So that's six years. So you don't like n never like really know with foreclosures how long they've been like totally vacant. So I had to do occupancy checks. So uh, if, the, if the mortgager wasn't paying, the bank was like, well, we still have to, the bank and, and the uh, insurance company still, they, if, the, if the homeowners weren't doing it, the bank and the insurance company were like on the hook, like the homeowners insurance company were on the hook. So they would like send you out and say like, see if anyone's living here. And if no one's living there, mow the lawn and um, change one of the locks on the door so you can get in and out of the house so you can turn the water off so the pipes don't burst, basically. So you'd have to go like up to a house and like see if anyone lived there. Now, by the time someone like me is like showing up to your door, seeing if you were there or not with all a truck full of shit, getting ready to drill your locks out the people have been contacted. They know they're behind. They know they're going to get foreclosed on. They've been contacted dozens of times. So the guy drilling your locks out, that's like, seems like the end of the road, obviously. So I didn't like that. Cause I'm like, I'm going to get, I don't want to get my head blown off by somebody. I don't want to get assaulted. Um, cause I knew other guys that did s property preservation or they were like agents and they would have to do occupancy checks. And some, one guy got a, a gun pulled on him. Another guy got like a knife pulled on it. It was like pretty common. So I hated doing them. I was like super, I would try to be as careful as like humanly possible. Cause it's like, I don't want to get shot over this shit. You know? So what I would do is I would get the order and I would stretch it out and I would like, I would get the order maybe on like Monday. And then Monday night I would drive by the house at night to see if there are any lights on. That's a dead giveaway, obviously. Um, I would check the trash. I would check the water meter. I would do everything I could. Cause I was like, I don't, I don't need that, you know. And then sometimes too, like uh, you would get like an order for like a reoccurring lawn mowing and you'd get there and you'd start mowing and someone would come out. I didn't like that either. Because I would be like, oh, <laughs> I got the wrong address and I just leave. That was easier than like I'm <laughs> drilling out the front, the lock of your front door and you open it up, you know. So there was a couple of times where it got real, real dicey. So... Obviously, the scariest properties to go to, in my opinion, weren't like the houses in bad neighborhoods. They were the houses like out in the country where it was like someone's fucking family farm. Because those people aren't just going to leave for the most part, you know. That's like they're living. They're going to do everything they can to stay. So, uh, or any like rural properties they're not like because they could see you coming a mile away. And then I couldn't be like, oh, I got the wrong address. <laughs> you know, so I didn't like them. So one time me and my cousin were, my cousin was working for me. We were like out mowing and uh, in like a small town where I had a, a bunch of lawns to mow. And then there, uh, a 
company called me and they're like, hey, can you like go look at this property and give us a bid to like mow it? Now, these stupid fucking companies would be like, give us a, uh, a bid to mow this property. And you'd be like, that, that's a farm. Like mow the whole thing? And they're like, yeah. Oh, okay, like, m well, it's like 300 acres. Like how many acres do you want mowed? And they'd be like, just like immediately around the house. So like, you're like, okay, like 10 acres? And like, yeah, that's fine. But like it was worth doing because sometimes they'd be like, you'd submit some ridiculous bid and be like, yeah, I can like mow the, the yard, quote. Uh, yeah, I could do it for like five grand. And they'd be like, well, could you do it for like 2,500? And you'd be like, yeah, I could probably figure it out for 2,500. And then you just fucking hire the neighbor to come over with his like John Deere 4020 uh, with like a 16 or 18 foot like uh, uh, mowing deck. And then I did that a couple of times. It take the neighbor like an hour to mow it. You give him 500 bucks cash and then you get 2,000 to stand around. So it was worth doing. So I was like, yeah, I'll go like check this place out. So me, we're like pulling up to this place. It's probably like the house is like surrounded by tall pine trees, thick pine trees. So you can't see in there. And there's a circle drive. The house is like on the corner of two gravel roads. There's a, a, a long circle drive that reaches back, that goes back pretty far. So the house is off the road, off the corner of that intersection, maybe like 150 yards, which that's good. Because then if I drive in there and there's fucking people there, I can go and hopefully get far enough away from me and know that they're not going to like want to chase me. So like I pull in, it doesn't look like anyone's around. It's like a fucking old ass scary farmhouse, tons of stuff laying around, tons of implements, like just setting out feeders, watering stuff, tons of outbuildings, which I don't like that either. The house is bad enough. I don't need to think that there's people in outbuildings. So I was like, I told my cousin, I was like, just like really keep an eye out because there could be somebody, the grass is like, it's not even grass anymore. It's just prairie, you know? Um, it's just prairie. So someone could be like 10 feet in front of you just kneeling down in this because the grass is like four or five feet tall and it's thick. Or somebody could be like, uh, you know, <laughs> there could be five people out there you wouldn't know. So I was like, just like, keep your guard up. Don't like wander off, you know, stay close to the truck while I take some pictures. So we're like walking around, you know, and it's just like really creepy because it's just like, there's stuff everywhere. I was like, we can't mow this. There's shit everywhere in the yard. If you brought a, a mower out here, even like a something with like centrifugal blades, it's going to bust the blades. So I was like, fuck, I got to like take pictures of all this shit in the lawn so I can give them like a separate bid for like cleaning the lawn, all the stuff out. So I didn't like that. So then me and my cousin had to like walk the part of the whole property, you know, like peeked in some of the like outbuildings. Just didn't fucking like it, you know, but it was fine. Nothing happened. Actually, I saw a tractor out there and I was like, fuck, we should. And it had the key in it. So I was like, we should like come back with a, <laughs> a different trailer and like load this thing up. So... My greed uh, overcame my fear, I guess. So, now nothing happened, but there was a couple of times there were things did happen, <laughs> and uh, those are even worse. So, I got a an order for an occupancy check, and then th with this company, if you got if you got there and there was nobody there, you could like do all the stuff. So, if there was no one there, like 
I would do all this stuff and it, I would make like, you know, five to five hundred to like a thousand bucks for like a one stop. So I was like, it's worth it, you know, for the most part. So like the night before I drove by during that night, didn't see any lights on, didn't see any cars in the driveway, came back the next day and the house was on a dead end road in like a, a, the bad area of town, the Northern area of town. So I have like two Mexican guys working with me. I have a three quarter ton like truck with a compressor in the back, all kinds of tools and shit in the back and like a 16 foot trailer with mowers, all kinds of stuff. So it's like, obviously I'm mowing, but it looks, there's obviously other things going on. Cause I have all kinds of stuff, you know, ladders, whatever. And it's not like a dead end road. So I'm like, I have to like go down to the end of the dead end. There's no circle. It just ends. I'm going to have to like, you know, get turned around in case something happens where I have to leave quickly. Cause I, I was always like planning ahead, you know, you have to. So I got my truck turned around, pull up to this house. There's no cars in the driveway. There's no signs of life. The front yard is like a foot deep. The backyard, you can see through the fence is like four feet deep. So I'm like, okay, you know, but the shades are, dry. the shades are down. You know, there's window covering, covering everything. So I didn't know. The neighbor's out on his front porch. So I go talk to the neighbor. He's like, no, it's like an old white guy. He's like, no, I haven't seen anyone there for like a long time. And I was like, okay, yeah, this guy's like, wouldn't set me up. Why would he? So I go to the front door. I look in, I look into some windows casually, not looking in like a cat burger, casually looking in. I ring the doorbell. I hear the doorbell ring. You know, I hear it ring on the inside. Don't hear anything. Don't hear any footsteps. Don't hear any voices. Cause as soon as you ring a doorbell, people don't come to, don't answer, but you can hear them walking around. You can hear, hear them talking. Then you know, it's time to leave. Now, obviously, uh, in a situation like this, my line was I'm mowing some lawns in the area. I was driving by, I noticed maybe you might want your lawn mowed. And then you say, I can mow it for, and then you give a ridiculous number. So they'll be like, no, thank you. And you can leave. So that's what I had loaded up as far as like why I'm there. No one comes. I ring it again, knock on it a couple of times. Nobody comes. I look around back. The grass is super deep. I feel good. So if no one's there, the first thing you do is you check the doors to see how many doors are unlocked. And if if there's no doors unlocked, then you check the windows. And if there's no windows unlocked, then you, in a situation like that, then you stand out in plain view of everyone in the neighborhood and you start drilling the lock out of the front door, which is loud. It's obvious, but it doesn't look like you're breaking in. Um, sometimes if there was a, a window like open, I would send someone in a window or go into a window. But I have to be like damn sure there was no one there to do that. Because if you start drilling a lockout and someone's there, they open the door because they know you're coming in. And they want to stop whatever's happening. So I try the front door. The front door is not locked. I look around back. I don't really see anything. There, it's a raised ranch. So I like walk down and I was like, well, I'll like try this one. So I like try the door in the basement and it's open. So I take two steps in. It's pitch black dark in there. I take two steps in. And I hear something which isn't totally unusual when you go even a vacant house to, for something to be running, you know, the power might still be on to some things or who knows, you know, you never fucking know. So I walk in, I can kind of hear something running. Um, my eyes adjust and I'm like staring at a washer and a dryer running and washers and dryers don't run 
in vacant houses. <laughs> well, there's obviously someone there. And I'm like, oh, fuck. So I'm like, uh, hello? And someone's like, hello? And I'm like, oh, sorry, I got the wrong house. And they're like, what? And I'm like, oh, I was supposed to like uh, come like sneak a drain at uh, 5612 North blah, blah, blah Avenue. And they're like, oh, and I'm like, is this street? And they're like, yeah. And I'm like, oh, sorry. You know, and uh, <laughs> I was scared. It was a kid, thank God. Scared. It was a high school kid. Scared the shit out of him. Some woman came running downstairs screaming. She obviously knew what was going on. And I was like, I'll, I'll just get out of your hair. Sorry, you know. So I, I run out. The Mexican guys I have working for me are like playing soccer in the front yard. I'm like, get in now. A key, a key. Uh, get the fuck out of there. Not good. Real, real bad. And the bank's like, well, did you get their names? I didn't get their fucking names. God, no. So that was a scary one. Like I said, sometimes you send people into a win- into a window. I went into a couple of windows, but sometimes like when you do that, then you have to like the guys I had working with me weren't like geniuses, so I'd like send them in and they were like super loud, and I was like, you, you could be going in. Someone could be sleeping. Someone could be showering. Someone could be in the bathroom. So don't like create a lot of noise because there was like times where you would like go in somewhere and like you hear water running and it was like someone's in the shower. Let's leave. Or someone's sleeping in the next room. I can hear him snoring. Let's leave. You know, so you have to like be fucking smart. One time I sent a guy in. He was like dicking around, being loud. Obviously, I'm not working with like the best and the brightest. So he's like being loud, dicking around. He opens the door for me because the window's like pretty close to the door. I take two steps in. I'm like, there's a fucking shower running downstairs. And he's like, what? And I'm like, hopefully there's not someone showering. Because now maybe they kept the shower on to mask the sound of them getting a gun coming upstairs, you moron. <clears throat> so I had a lot of fun with the foreclosure business. It had, uh, it was irritating though, because you had to deal with a lot of big companies and they would bully you and push you around and not pay you. And they, their requirements were extreme. It got to the point where like it wasn't worth the money and that's why I got out. But there was fun situations. I really, uh, I did enjoy it. it. It was, you're obviously walking, everything, every day was different, obviously. Uh, just really weird shit, you know. You, you'd meet some some characters, for sure. So that's why I'm, I think that the, the junk removal business is going to be good. It's going to get me, I'm not going to have to do any, like, occupancy checks. I'm just going to be there for the junk. And one thing that people are missing when I talk to them about this, like, uh, you know, my, my wife's kind of on board, but not really. Um, and what she's kind of like missing is the fact that a lot of times the junk is actually, uh, the junk is actually like worth something. So kind of like the couch pick I'm doing this week. So anyway, I'm just excited. I think it's going to be, it's going to be a lot of fun. I know that I'm going to have a lot of fun doing it. So I think I might, I was thinking about maybe like doing junk removal and then moving maybe. I don't know. That's because like the, the lady pick on the couch up from was like, well, could you like go pick a couch up for me in council bluffs? Cause she bought like a couch set somewhere in Iowa and they're like, well, we can deliver it. Uh, she paid for it and paid for the delivery of everything. And they're like, we can deliver it to the border of Iowa. So <laughs> that's not good. So she's like, I have to like pay someone to go to the, like council bluffs and like get it 
and bring it to my house. So I've also seen a lot of things like uh, on Thumbtack and stuff where people are like, uh, I just need like one guy like needed like a mower and some like mower attachments uh, for like a big mower brought from like down, like a warehouse somewhere in downtown Omaha to like West Omaha. That's like pretty easy. So maybe I'll look into that, but uh, I guess my ranting went a little long. I wanted to share some of those trash out foreclosure stories because I, I, I wanted to like remember them. I want to make sure I don't forget them. And I feel like the more, uh, cause I've done like a, I thought about this a lot before recording this. It's like the more I like talk about them and, and the more I remember uh, of the stories, then that like spurs other memories, like the hand in the bed. I like totally forgot about that. But so I just wanted to uh, share that with you. Hopefully you enjoyed it. Uh, if you enjoyed it, share it with a friend. Put it on Facebook. Um, I am putting on these on YouTube. So if you, if you have a friend that's said, hey, what's a good like a uh, YouTube channel or what's a good podcast? Just shoot it out to them. Don't be scared. <laughs> Don't be scared. So I'm going to wrap it up because this has gone on long enough. Uh, hopefully you enjoyed it. I'm going to come back with you next week. Uh, I got some ideas, some good ideas, some ideas that I think are pretty valuable. Uh, one is vacation rentals, which I was going to talk about this week, but I went over with the other stuff. But there's definitely something there. I think a lot of people thought that COVID was going to kill vacation rentals, but I think it's actually going to help vacation rentals. So I'm going to sign off uh, for now. Really appreciate you guys sticking around. Uh, sorry it took me so long to get this one out of the gate. Preach.